Welcome to the Holistic Life Podcast. I'm your host, Megan, the founder of the Holistic Collective. I've been where you are, facing health concerns and searching for answers. Through holistic health and a dedicated team of practitioners, I discovered the missing pieces to my healing puzzle. And now I'm here cheering you on to find your own unique path to wellness. This podcast is your sanctuary, a place of inspiring stories of personal transformation, practical guidance, and a community to support you along the way. Join us on this relatable journey towards intentional, vibrant, and meaningful living. Georgia, the owner of By Georgia Marie, is a mindset mentor and mental health advocate, podcast host, and podcast manager. Georgia supports and guides women to find tools that help them find peace within their mind while they dream big and take steps towards their dream life. As the host of Grow Till You Glow podcast, Georgia has created a safe space where you can leave feeling validated in your experiences, but also inspired to continue persevering and achieving greatness. Under By Georgia Marie, Georgia's mission is to create widespread impact so collectively we can become better together. I cannot wait for you to hear this inspiring conversation of Georgia's journey to get to where she is today and how she has overcome challenges and used holistic health to find her way there. Without further ado, let's dive in. We are so excited to welcome Georgia to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It is an absolute pleasure. We are so excited to have Georgia today. She has an incredible story of personal transformation herself over the last couple of years. And I'm so excited for you to share that with the listeners and just to get a deeper dive onto how you have navigated your own journey and what that has looked like over the last couple of years coming to, and I won't steal your thunder, but coming to a place of of peace within that journey as well. So um, how about you kick us off and let us know what that health journey has looked like for you over the years? It's definitely been a journey. Um, I think my, like the start of my health journey was at the end of high school, I always grew up really self-conscious about my body and didn't have the best mindset around it, didn't have the tools to kind of help cope with the things that I was experiencing. I always looked a little bit different at school to the other girls and all of that kind of stuff. So I think I always had in the back of my mind that I was different and that I needed to change in some way because kids are brutal and you don't like, I don't know, you just feel all of the comparison and like you feel like a bit of an outcast I guess so I always struggled with that throughout my school journey and when it got to high school I think I was about 16 I was allowed to get a gym membership and so that's when my whole look on health completely shifted into like all right let's start doing something here and because of everything that I had experienced and because of the lack of tools that I had in that space I definitely got into it for the wrong reasons for sure. Like it was all about wanting to change my body, which to some extent is okay, but I think it's the motives behind it weren't right, which always set me up for 
failure, I think, in the end. So I got into my like fitness journey and I found that it really helped with the mental health struggles I had at the time. I um, experienced depression and anxiety quite severely in my final years of school and it really was a coping mechanism for that, um, but it was my only coping mechanism. So again, both of those things together are not a great basis for where I started in terms of like sustainable health and I guess holistic health journey. So that was where I kind of finished school and then I jumped straight into getting my PT certifications. So my whole world was revolved around fitness and I started studying a degree in dietetics and nutrition. And so as I was doing that, I just went more and more into it. And I think I just got so addicted to it. I was around people that were equally as in love with moving their bodies as me, but we weren't all in the same like healthy mindset with it. I think majority of the people that I was around like didn't have a healthy mindset around it because I was coaching in group fitness gyms and stuff like that. You would know like it's yeah, it, you can't control what people are thinking about their bodies and where they're at, but it's just, it was just constantly fighting against that. So I was a PT for a few years in that group fitness setting, and that was where it all kind of came crumbling down for me. I started to decline really quickly in my health and found that I was getting like PMS symptoms every single day. I would wake up and I just was always feeling crap, and that it, was annoying, but I just think I was just so addicted to it that I didn't want anything to change. So I went along like that for a really long time. I ended up losing my period. I lost it for about a year. And after that, I had been like, again, I was still just so in it that I just didn't want to acknowledge what was happening to my body. And then it got to a point where my body was just fully shutting down. I was just not recovering from my workouts. I was so ill and I was like okay something's wrong here we need to redefine what our definition of health is because this is obviously not it your body isn't working right now and as someone who was just constantly praised for how healthy and like like how on top of everything I was I was like that's just not what is going on for me and so I started looking into it I went to the doctors and was like, why don't I have my period? I had no idea about any of that kind of thing before. And I got taken on a bit of a runaround. There's not much information in that space. I was fairly certain I had some sort of PCOS, but like I I was just waiting for my doctors to kind of confirm. And it was a really long process. So I started looking into the holistic route, which was naturopaths to get my nutrition back on track and acupuncture actually which was my absolute saving grace I read somewhere I was just at my absolute lowest point I was just on the internet scrounging for any information that I could possibly get and something that I could book into and try and do something about it because I was so just I was just all over the place and not getting any answers and I found that that really helped me reset my hormones I eventually got my period back and I was feeling a lot better and through that process my acupuncturist was 
incredible in just teaching me about the things that I had kind of learned that weren't most accurate for a female's body and like just kind of resetting my whole definition on health and helping me change that. It was a slow process because when you know something so well, like you don't want to just give it up. And I had so many beliefs around that because of how I started. I think I never wanted to go back to a point where I was on the outs and didn't fit in because of my body. So it was a long process. But once I had done that, I then got onto my I guess my wellness journey, I would probably call it because it now is so different and it's taken a few years to like actually get to a place where I feel quite balanced in where my mindset is actually at in terms of all of these things. And then my actions reflect that. So that's kind of a bit of a journey. And to come full circle from this vision of health that you had, and I think a lot of our belief systems come from our really early years in life and we carry so many of those beliefs into adulthood and until we start to unpack those and see and ask ourselves, is this my belief? Where does this come from? Is this even mine? We just don't get to a place that we can even begin the journey until we come to that place of acceptance that, okay, this is not mine. You mentioned acupuncture and you mentioned that you saw a naturopath. At your lowest to get to that point, how did you find that journey in finding those practitioners to help you along the way? It was such a struggle. And when I went to my first acupuncture appointment, I cried because it felt like the first time I had actually been heard and she didn't talk to me for two minutes and then just go and like do her procedure. I knew that she was going to put needles in me and all of that kind of thing, but I did not expect how just incredible she would be in terms of wanting to actually understand every part of my journey and why we had gotten to that point. It was the first time I felt heard. So getting to that point was really, really stressful. I felt like I, I mean, as I said, I went to the doctors first because I didn't have my period and I just thought that that was something that they could give me guidance on. And I had a bit of a suspicion that I had PCOS because I had all of the symptoms and I was, yeah, and I just, I just had this gut feeling that there was something wrong. I had done some damage to my body and they would send me for ultrasounds and all of that kind of thing. And it was just constantly like, okay, you've got to wait two weeks for this and then you'll get your results in two weeks. And then like, and it was just constantly being pushed back and pushed back. And I was like at the point where I was calling in sick to work because I was just so ill and it was heartbreaking to me and I was calling up places being like can you fit me in can you fit me in and it was just like constantly no and so finding acupuncture and then I went to a naturopath that um, my acupuncturist recommended that was just like my absolute saving grace I just had never felt that looked after in the healthcare system so I was like, this is it. Like, I don't even care if it works or not. I feel mentally 10 times better than I have. And so like, I just went with it and it, it paid off for sure. That is so big to go from not having any answers and what is like a spiral. It's a downward spiral between beliefs, physical health, mental health, 
And I can only imagine that's such a compounding effect when you're in a place of redefining what fitness looks like to you, dealing with what was potentially PCOS. And did you get answers for that? I ended up getting a diagnosis from my GP and what I found straight away. I mean, as as you would know, Megan, like there's so many different um incredible holistic practitioners out there, but they are so limited by what they can diagnose you with and all of that kind of thing without having that accreditation of being a general practitioner. So I did continue to try and get that diagnosis and to get some answers there so that then I could be able to support the treatment that I was doing holistically and like make sure that we were covering all bases and that I was like healing from the inside out. So I definitely persisted in that and I ended up getting a diagnosis that I had an abnormal amount of follicles on my ovaries, which is a symptom. I had irregular or no period. I had no period. That was another um, thing. And then I had lots of symptoms like I had hair on my chin. I had excessive bloating and all of those symptoms. So I pretty much threefold had all of the key things that they look for in in PCOS. And so then we were able to use that and yeah, go through my acupuncture treatment. I would go every single week. So we had a really set out um, plan or my acupuncturist did to help me get my hormones back on track. In terms of timeline for acupuncture, how long did that journey look like? That was a good at least six months of weekly appointments. I would go and then um, after that we went fortnightly and then I would just go monthly for like maintenance once everything was kind of leveled out. We I would constantly go and get my blood tests done and things like that, which I probably should have mentioned to check where my hormone levels were at. I had, at the time when I lost my period, I had really high androgens, which is really common in that scenario. And my cortisol was just like off the charts. So both of those things were really our focus points. And then we would just kind of check in and then take our like appointments from there. So overall, it probably took a good year and a half of going really regularly. Now I just kind of stop in when I feel like I I need it. So yeah, it was it was a huge process. But at the start, it was honestly, my body was so stressed all the time and it going to acupuncture was like the actual procedure would only take 20 minutes and that was the only time I felt properly like rested I would always say to her like I just feel like from my nervous system is actually chilling out when I would leave there and so I absolutely just look forward to those appointments every single week and and that was what kind of kept me going and and doing that was what kind of made me see like this is what your body's meant to feel like compared to what we're dealing with and and these workouts that you think are so amazing and like don't want to give up are really doing so much harm and you can see the difference here It is incredible. Even you mentioned, and one of the key things that I heard in that was the feeling. It was this sense of calm. And when you're stuck in this cycle of doing the things that you think that you're supposed to be doing, the things that traditionally look like health, 
and you get to this place in this acupuncture clinic and you have this felt sense of peace. I can only imagine what that must feel like. Even just, I get shivers just listening to you say that. When you're on a health journey, sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of that tunnel when you're in the thick of it. And to have this felt sense of peace must have just been such a breath of fresh air. Mm, It was a game changer. It was why I booked in for acupuncture on the first day because I was like, I have no idea if this worked. I I had never heard of anyone like in my close circle in my family that had used acupuncture before. So I had no idea. I was like, it could absolutely not do anything, but at least they're doing something to me. (laughs) Like they're putting needles in me. At least I feel like I'm actually taking some action here and doing something. And so when... I then experience like that feeling of like, okay, this is calm. This is what I should be operating at and like learning that I still had so much further to go, but like we're we're experiencing it here. Like that just set my mind at ease so much in knowing like there is a better way to do all of this and we can like we can get off the hamster wheel here and like we're gonna be fine. Yeah. So I think it, I honestly, I preach it to anyone just for the fact of how safe it made me feel in just like going on that journey because otherwise I don't think that I could have stood through it as much as I did if I didn't have that regular check-in and like just that voice of reason being like, it's okay if you're not running it a thousand miles an hour every single day. It was just like, okay. Like we're going to be fine and we can work through it. It's like a permission slip in a way, isn't it? From someone else away from our own inner critic who is often loud. The permission from someone else that you don't have to operate this way. And that's big. Uh, We can't always get to that place ourselves. So to have someone in our corner is incredible through that journey. So you're walking through this acupuncture journey. You've come from this, in a way, grind fitness world. What did that look like in terms of physical fitness for you through that journey? How did you tailor what you were doing in line with this new slower paced life that you were then starting to create? Yes. Well, I think it's important to say that like it took me it took a while for my I think my mind to catch up in terms of like reshaping what I wanted health to look like so there was a good couple of months where I was I was still doing all of my high intensity training so I was coaching at a really high intensity group fitness gym where like I would jump in on workouts up to six seven days a week sometimes um, and then I would be on my feet all day coaching and then I would like go for a walk because I thought that I needed like it wasn't enough that I was just walking at work kind of thing. So I was doing upwards of 20,000 steps a day. So that's where I started and taking it back from then was a slow process because my mind just did not want to give it all up. I was so scared. So I still was doing my sessions at the start. And then as I slowly started to see my acupuncturist had me um, taking my temperature every morning because we can track our cycles through that way. And basically it all it was meant to look like was like it would go up and then 
I would ovulate and then it would just drop and then you would get your period. But mine was just basically flatlined because I just didn't have anything going on. And so through taking my temperature, I started seeing that on the days that I would work out, my temperature the next day would drop really low because my body wasn't recovering from that workout. And so that kind of gave me a little like tangible thing that I could see that was like, okay, we're not actually recovering here. And that was a good piece for me that I was like, okay, let's take out some workouts. And so I would take out a couple of workouts each week and I would still be doing my steps. And then I just kind of gradually took it down. It eventually got to a point where I was like, this is so bad for me. I need to just start walking. I think I really lost interest in it at a certain place in my recovery journey where I was around so many people that still had a really toxic mindset around it, which is what I was coming from and trying to fight against. And because of that, I really lost interest in the type of workouts that I was doing and was like, this isn't all that it's sought out to be kind of thing. And so at that stage in my journey, I was starting to gain weight and I just didn't feel comfortable doing it anymore. So I just started walking and eventually I started integrating like strength workouts into my routine. And once I did that, I I stayed doing that for a couple of years. Um, it's only been this year that I've integrated some higher intensity things in moderation back into my routine because I do I do love it but yeah it was such a slow transition I feel like I had to go through all the stages mentally to be able to weed it out and then go a different way I think and that is such a process and not something that happens overnight there is no quick fix So going through that journey, what did that then look like? Changing physically, you're changing how you feel. How was then your, the mental health side of things catching up at the same time as the rest of these changes were happening? It was slow. I think I hit my lowest. I got to a point where I ended up leaving my job at the gym and that was when I mentally hit my lowest. I was a couple months into going to acupuncture and stuff like that. I was probably about maybe four months into going to acupuncture and through that process I started to gain weight and I wasn't as fit and fast as I was because I wasn't doing as many of the workouts and so I ended up leaving my job because I knew that it was putting a lot of stress on my body. I was working from 4 a.m. I would work until like 10 or 11 and then I would do my session. I'd come home, I'd study for uni and then I'd go back at 4 and then finish at 7 and come back the next morning. So it it was just a lot. We were always understaffed. It seemed to never change and I was like nothing is going to change if I don't just call it. So I ended up leaving my job and that was when burnout hit me so hard. And I should have known because that's exactly what happened to me when I finished school was I got so burnt out that I became really depressed. It just, it was like my anxiety and my stress was like fueling me, fueling me, fueling me. And then my body just couldn't take it anymore. And then it was just like a really deep depression. So that kind of hit me when I was 
no longer doing those workouts. I was, I was really only trying to like get myself out for a walk because that's all I really could mentally do. And even then it was so sparse. Like I just had never experienced such a, just this like colossal upturning of like everything I had ever known. And that's all I can really explain it as. And it just like sent me into a spiral for like a good six months where I just did not understand why I had been acting the way that I had and why I thought the way that I did. And this whole societal like thing about wanting to be fit and healthy and like super productive, like by any definition, I was killing it. And everyone told me so. And so then I'm burnt out. I can't do anything. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, so like life's not actually about that. We need to re rejig this whole thing. And so that really sent me in, into a spiral and made me very depressed at what was going on. Um, also because my body just did not have any energy to try and like pick me up out of it. So it was kind of coinciding with that and then just trying to get my body back on track in terms of my hormone health and all of that kind of thing. And then I would slowly start to integrate things that I really love again and trying to find my life outside of fitness, try and find the person that I was outside of fitness. And that was when things started to look up for me. And again, because I was going on my health journey at the same time, it allowed me to feel a little bit better by the time I got to that point as well. And so things just started like looking a little bit better. And I was like, all right, let's go on this whole self-development journey where I go through all of my limiting beliefs and all of that kind of thing. And I started looking into that and that gave me a lot of hope in just knowing like there is another way and we don't have to feel completely horrible all the time in terms of like mental spirals and feeling not good enough and feeling like we need to do more and all of that kind of thing. So it was a whole catastrophe, (laughs) but it was... I'm grateful for it. It made me who I am now, but like it was a constant just trying to like push one, my mental side forward, but also my physical like, and just trying to work them together if I could. It was, yeah, a big thing. We underestimate how big that is. It's puzzle pieces. You're picking up pieces as you go and putting them together and it's it's like reevaluating everything in your life when you hit that rock bottom point. And I mean, that is a true testament to your journey and how you are today as well, because if you hadn't have went through the pits of depression, your fitness journey, hormone health, you wouldn't be the person you are today. It probably would have been less painful (laughs) to not have to have gone through it. But how has that journey now shaped how you show up in your own life today, but also how that has influenced the work that you're now doing as well? Mm. Firstly, I think the in terms of how it shaped me is it's taught me to have confidence in what I know is right for me. That was a huge thing because I was constantly looking at other people and getting swayed by like what they were doing and never feeling enough based off of like I would just jump on Instagram and you see 
20 people doing 20 different things and I would want to do it all and like try to prove myself I guess I it really taught me to have the confidence in like figure out what you actually want and anything else it doesn't really matter like you can trust yourself enough to know what's exactly right for you because it's a journey that I still go on today like there is still no shortage of toxic mentalities in terms of looking after your health and even you know I started my own business in that there's a whole lot of hustle culture there's a whole lot of like all these things that you could be doing um So it's really just constantly coming back to my core values and making sure that I'm acting in alignment with that and trusting in that. And in terms of the work that I now do, it's it's really trying to highlight that to other women that like the inner turmoil doesn't have to constantly be there. Like, of course, we all experience it, but we can develop the tools and all of these really amazing skills that can help you navigate those moments and stay true to who you are and what you want to do. Because like I said, there's no short of people telling you what you should be doing and external pressures, but they're not exactly like in my case, they weren't the right thing that I should have been doing at all. (laughs) They would have landed me in a in a really bad place if I had have kept going. So yeah, you can fight against them. You can have your own beliefs. You can do everything that you want to do, but in a really like healthy, holistic way. So yeah, that's kind of where it's led me to. Mm, And that is, that's so powerful too, because you're able to use what you've learned in every aspect of your life. And you mentioned business and for a lot of us post COVID, we did step into our own businesses. And with that comes this notion of balance and people preach about balance all the time. And it's like, well, what does that look like? What does that even mean? Because in business and in life itself, you're not always balanced. You know, you might have one area of your life that that's a little bit messy and you know that. It might be like the boot of your car. It's You've got a few things in there. You're not really sure what's happening to them. They need to be sorted out, but you just don't know where to begin. So you just leave it there. And I think that is such a big piece that we overlook, particularly as women in business, but also in life, is that how cohesively all of these things fit together. But that doesn't mean that we have to pick them all up at the same time. And that is what's so beautiful about the work that you do and the journey that you've been on, because you teach people that you can throw all the balls up in the air, but you get to choose what you catch and what you focus on that has really shaped the work that you do. And I guess what drew you to becoming besides from your own journey itself, what drew you to becoming a mental health advocate as well as a mindset mentor? The mental health side of things is something that although like it obviously comes from me experiencing it and understanding the kind of feelings and things that you experience in being at a really low place and obviously I know that varies for everyone for sure but trying to be a bit of a voice in that space is really coming from the place that like there are so many things that lead us into really bad mental health places that 
with the right tools, we don't have to get there. And I think as women coming back to your point that we feel like we just need to do it all. And if we're not doing it, it's it's not enough, all of that kind of thing that can send us into a really anxious spiral a lot of the time and constantly feel like we're on the back foot. And so learning about our mind and where our beliefs come from and some tools that we can take into reframing, reshaping those types of beliefs and then how we handle external factors can do amazing things for our mental space. And I think that's really how I kind of integrate the two of them um, in terms of being a mindset mentor. It's There are so many things that we can do for our mental health Um, But if you're not doing it in conjunction with like looking after your actual mind and like the beliefs and the um, programming that you have in there, I don't think that it's going to do what it needs to do. I said like by all definitions, when I was at my worst, I was getting the most compliments on how I was so strong. I had like the most willpower because I wouldn't eat cake at a birthday party or like I always ate healthy or I was always doing my workouts. Like even if, you know, my family was going out for breakfast, like I'd make sure I could get my workout in first and all of these things. And I was absolutely praised for it. And all of those things, yes, attribute to a really healthy mental state. Like eating good food really helps your mental health. Working out and, and moving your body really helps your mental state. But the the place that I was doing it from was not good. And it meant that I was doing them for all the wrong reasons and it was not helping my mental health whatsoever. So I think handling the mindset side of things really helps you then take it over into dealing with just like everyday mental health struggles, which is what I focus a lot of my life around, but also how I kind of help other women look at their own mental health. Now that's powerful because we, coming back to the belief system side of things, we do pick up so many beliefs from so many different stages in our life and the people who we surround ourselves with. And if you are someone that's in a place like that where you're maybe not surrounded by the best culture, you may know that you have might have the signs that something is not quite right, you know, whether it is your hormones are out of balance or you just feel a sense of, I guess it's just like a little bit, like you feel a little bit lost. To come back to that place in your mind, to be able to re- align your beliefs is powerful and particularly if you are in situations like that with people who maybe don't quite align or in quote-unquote culture gym culture you may not have people in your corner that are particularly doing the things that you would like to be doing but you're stuck in this this loop of circumstance mindset to someone that's in that place where would you recommend them start that journey out of that loop it's a it's a big question for sure i think where i personally would recommend starting is looking at the main core values that you have for your life. So thinking about when you get to 80 years old, when you look back at your life, what are the core values that were, that defined you? 
that other people would identify you for um, and that you would be really proud of yourself, what would those core values be? So maybe it's like kindness or gratitude or balance. Like think about your core values and see if health and fitness is one of them. It might be. It absolutely might be. So look at those core values. First, you might not even have health and fitness up there. And so that's just a good kind of thinking point for you at the start anyway, being like, okay, is it that important for me to be revolving my whole life around that if what I really want to be known for is family and quality time and things like that. But then if you're like me and health, fitness and balance is kind of one of your main core values, then think about that definition. What does that actually look like for you? Because for me, it kills me to think that I would be known for the person that skipped out on my baby cousin's birthday party because I didn't want to eat the food there. Or I never went out to certain restaurants with my friends because I I didn't want to celebrate with them. Or I skipped cuddles in bed with my beautiful partner because all I could think about was going to gym or missing holiday time, which was something that I used to do all the time. I would make my holidays like little fitness vacations, which was so silly to me now. But like all of these things, I would that would absolutely crush me if that was how I was remembered and not for my kindness and for how just in love with life I was, all of those types of things. So I understand what your actual definition of health is outside of what everyone else is telling you to do. No matter what everyone else's routines and all of that stuff is, it doesn't matter what's your actual definition of health and that makes you healthy. For me, I wrote down like, has my period, my hormones are level. I eat good foods that are nutritious for me, but also in terms of good foods, having like treats every once in a while makes me feel good because it makes me feel happy and it lets me have experiences and celebrations and all of that kind of thing. I move my body because I love it and because it makes me feel good mentally, but that doesn't mean I can go on a 20 minute walk and feel better mentally. I don't need to be being in the gym for three hours, smashing myself out. So list out all of those things that really make good health for you. And then start living your life. Basically you wake up and if you're feeling all of this pressure to go to the gym and you're not like, and you're, you're not ready for it. You're just like, my body needs rest today. But all of the thoughts in your head are like, everyone else has done 20,000 steps and it's only 6am. And like all of this stuff that we obviously see and our brain tells us, think back to your core values and go, if I jump out of bed and I go and force myself into the gym, is that going to align with my core values? Yes or no? No. Okay. I'm going to stay in bed. And something that I did was at the start, I had balance as one of my top core values to remind me that on the days where I was thinking like I am feeling pretty good, like maybe I should go to the gym, but I knew deep down the only reason I was going was because I wanted to change my body. I would go, is that aligning with my core values? No. Is it aligning with my value of balance where we don't go to the gym every every single day of the week? No. And so I would go, okay, that's it. That's the decision made. We're going to go with that because we're moving towards 
the goal of like reaching a life that is going to attribute to those core values. So that's where I would kind of start. It kind of helps you navigate the inner turmoil that's constantly going on, especially right at the very start when you're trying to fight against it and do something different to what other people are doing. It helps you make those decisions. And what helped me was like, it feels kind of like you're going backwards in a way when you start going against all of this, because you start doing less, you maybe have less goals. Like there was a good couple of years where I just had to have no goals and just be like, we're just going to live our life in line with our core values. But that gives you something to work towards. So every decision that you make that's in line with your core values, you're like, cool. Like I did something today. We're on track to living the life that we actually want to live. And that in itself gives you a little like tick, like we're working towards something here. So it, I don't know, it just really helps in a lot of different ways, make decisions, but also just feel like you're working towards something bigger than yourself. And it slowly builds up that trust in yourself that you need to have if you're going to have a sustainably healthy lifestyle because most people don't and if you follow that then like you'll never get to where you actually want to be so yeah oh I love that I love the the notion of redefining what you value over goals and I think that's so that's such an important piece to emphasize because just because you have goals doesn't mean that you are avoiding your values. But if you're putting your values first, your goals are always going to align with those because your values come first and foremost. They're the most important thing in your life. And that is, that's just like that in itself is, I love that so much because we often don't think about it like that. We're so busy making New Year's resolutions and goals and we don't hit the goals and then we just, we feel worse about ourselves. Whereas if we're looking towards values, like you say, first and foremost, then how does what you do during the day align with that? Yeah, a hundred percent. They act as like your guideposts, I think, in those really hard times. Like now I definitely feel I'm at the place where I, I make decisions because I know myself deep down and I've I've done all the the I mean it's never completely done but I've done a lot of work in terms of how I look at health and all of that kind of thing and so I'm not quick to jump onto doing anything just to change my body because I hate my body whatever so it it kind of acts as that guidepost at the start and then once you've got that confidence you make those decisions without even realizing it like I still have my values as my screensaver with the definition of what those values actually are and it just helps in so many different areas of your life in terms like you say like your values are like the the main thing like it doesn't matter what your goals are I think for a long time my goals never reflected my values anyway. And so that's probably why they wouldn't get ticked off and and things like that. But now it's more about just living a life that's in line with those. And yeah, your values will change, but it's, it's, it's a bigger, I feel like it's a bigger, it's more like life stages. Your values would probably change more in terms of um, comparing it to goals. Goals kind of change and are always kind of evolving. But 
two of my other values are authenticity and teaching. And so in business, I know that I've done a good job that day if I showed up authentically in my business, but also online, which is a huge part of what I do. Um, So that ticks that thing. It doesn't matter how many likes I got. It doesn't matter about the recognition I got. If I got any extra opportunities, it doesn't matter. If I did that, for me, I'm like perfect. We're a step closer to where we want to be. Same thing with teaching. If I have a really big part of my business in terms of um, helping others and and helping educate them and like just helping them in some way, then I'm ticking that goal off for the day. If I helped someone, cool, that's it. It doesn't matter how much money I make, how many clients I have. None of that is in it. It's just like we did what we were meant to do and like what I know that I'm here on this earth to do. So like that's it. And it kind of just guides you in the right direction of like, do we want to do this? Probably not because like that's what other people are doing, but that's not actually what we want. And just constantly is guiding you into the right direction of like your actual purpose. Like you say, they're guideposts, but knowing the definition as well, I think that's a powerful piece to note also because you can have a value, you can throw around a value like health and fitness, but what does that actually mean to you? What does that look like? And do your values, whether you've got, you know, top four, top five, do they all align as well? How then do you experience life in alignment with those values? I think that's just that's such a powerful piece for anyone to even pick up and integrate today. Such a great place to start for anyone who's maybe a little bit lost on their journey or, you know, feeling like they are out of alignment, coming back to values and the definition of those values in your life. And making those definitions, I think, based on like where you want to go, not what you currently think of it now like use other people as guideposts if you feel really caught up in everything else and you're you know deep down like this definition might be a little bit toxic or it's not actually what it's what my brain's telling me we want right now but like long term think long term when you're 80 years old and so like I just put up pulled up my list like for fitness my definition is to maintain or improve or look after my physical and my mental health. It's that looking after both things. And so I know if I'm talking horribly to my body and then I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm not going to eat today or something like that, is that going to help my mental health? Are we working on my mental health if we're doing that? No. And so it just pulls you back on track. But those definitions don't come super easy if you're in the thick of it. So make sure that you're really like overstating what like 80-year-old you would want for your life or or what someone else like as a role model, think of who you really like love their kind of look on health and fitness or their business or whatever and use them as guideposts for educating your definitions because we don't always, yeah, we won't won't always be super honest with ourselves. I think in the starting stages, which is a huge learning for me, um, it doesn't happen overnight. So yeah, you need some support. Oh yeah. And you know, you don't want to get to 80 and look back at your life and think, man, like I didn't go to any of those birthday parties because I didn't want to eat the cake. Like you're going to get to 80 and be like, damn, I wish I was there. And I wish I 
experienced life in all its in all its glory and I think that's the most beautiful thing about coming back to your values because they do as you say live with you your entire life and they may change at times throughout your life but when you think about what you value today but then also what you may value when you're 80 and have lived a life and you're retired your you know health and fitness may look like weeding your garden like it's still going to coincide with today as well as when you're 80 and I think that's the most beautiful thing about values is that they they center and ground you into who you are and service you are in the world as well as to your gifts your what's important to you and how you how you align that for yourself but also how you take those values and and influence the people within your circle to make the world a better place 100% that's such a nice way to say it like it's highlighting your gifts and if we can all share them like collectively we become better humans that's the beauty the beauty of the human experience isn't it so beautiful this has been such a beautiful conversation, Georgia. I could talk to you all day long and I think we're going to have to have a part two, three, four maybe <laughs> as well as time goes on. But for anyone that is um, looking for a mindset mentor or looking to to work with you, what does that look like and, and how how can they dive in with you? So the easiest place to kind of stay up to date with all of that stuff is over on my Instagram. It's at by Georgia Marie. Um, and through there, you'll see my website. It's just www.bygeorgiamarie.com. Um, and there's application forms and you can see when I'm taking in new clients and all of that kind of thing. I have options to work with me one off, three months, six months. Um, and all of that information is on there. So you can book a spot to have a call with me. and. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I would start. What a beautiful time of year to to be doing it as well. I think that we we underestimate the power of actually beginning 2024 now. Yes. Imagine if you started now. So good. Your 2024 would be amazing. Like redefining what 2024 looks like instead of doing new year's resolutions. Why don't we all do a value realignment and and actually sit down and, and see what that looks like and how we're going to step into 2024 in our values and what better way to do it than, than a session, mindset mentor session as well. So good. Thank you so much for being here. We're so grateful and we will drop all the links in the show notes as well to be able to connect with Georgia and for us to be able to serve you as well. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Thank you for being with us for this episode of the Holistic Life Podcast. If you're seeking a like-minded community to walk alongside you on your health journey, we've got just the place. Join our exclusive Facebook group, the Holistic Life Podcast Community, a place to support and inspire each other every step of the way. And don't let inspiration stop here. Dive deeper into this episode's insights and additional resources waiting for you at theholisticcollective.com. It's your hub for show notes, links, and all things holistic living. Remember, wellness is a journey. Each step you take is a step towards intentional, vibrant, and meaningful living.